It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good afternoon and welcome to the Everton Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Payset, the main sponsors of Everton Football Club. Hello everyone, thanks for listening as ever. Um, we're going to get cracking with today's Transfer Deadline Day Eve pod. If you're listening in, obviously it still remains up in the air whether Ronald Koeman's Blues will get the probably main target of this window aside from Gilfie Sigurdsson and that's a centre forward. It's all every, every Blues talking about now. Uh, and we're going to be talking about it during this pod. It's me, Greg O'Keefe. I'm joined with Gavin Buckland and Tony Scott. And Tony, we'll talk about the Chelsea game in the process of this pod, I'm sure. Yeah. But I think what people will want to know about is where it's at or your take on where it's at because the clock's ticking. Less than 48 hours now to go. Are we going to get the man? Well, I've, I've went on record several times before we signed the Sigurdsons of the Wales and the Roonies, etc. That striker was priority now there was one position I was desperate for to be strengthened in the summer and that was the goalkeeping situation then from that it was the centre forward for me considering we always knew we were going to lose Romelu Lukaku now on a different scale listen I'm not trying to disclose what we, we everyone knows we need to centre forward I, I'm not getting away from that I totally understand that but if you look at Everton's summer spends and so far if Everton was to have done not, not one bit of spend in the summer, but over this, over today and tomorrow have signed Jordan Pickford, Michael Keane, David Classen, Sandro Ramirez, Gilfrey Sigurdsson, Wayne Rooney. So if signed all them in the last two days, there would have been a different perspective on Everton's spend in the summer. Just because of the last... Now, we, we get, the way modern-day football is, and the modern-day football fan, including myself, everyone's desperate to get that deadline day signing. Now, I don't want that to tarnish what's happened in the summer because if we were to have done the summer's business in the last two days, it would have been in a different atmosphere and a different kind of take on Everton spending so far. But what I want to say is that it's been a brilliant window so far. Get this centre forward in and I'll be more than happy. And if they don't, get them in? Well, it, they've only got themselves to blame the board. They really, really had. They've had all summer. Steve Walsh has had all summer. Ronald Koeman's had all summer. They've had their holidays. They must have put a list of targets forwards to Farhad Mashiri and Bill Kenwright. Who they want? Giroud, Costa, whoever, whoever it is. Well, I don't care if they've had the knockback off Giroud, but what's your plan B? What's your plan C? What's your plan D? You can't just always get your number one target. Yet they have all summer. And they've probably got away with it to a certain extent because not many teams went after their Michael Keane or Sigurdsson, etc. Now they want to do as well. I'm sorry, but Giroud's probably staying at Arsenal. So where's your plan B? Where's your plan C? We're going to find out over these next 36 hours, aren't we? So it, it all edges on this, but I don't want it to tarnish what's happened in the past because we've had a fantastic summer. Gav, surely they can't afford to turn around midnight tomorrow and say, we'll wait till January. I was just think, thinking I'd only one more sleep till transfer deadline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Tony's right, but it's not it's not the players we brought in, it's the players we've let go and may let go, even talking that even Ross Barkley here between mm. now and transfer deadline day. And it's, it's, there, was, there was a question by one of our podcast uh, regulars a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Remember the question that, 
those players that we brought in, so mm. if we lost Rom, I think it might even before we sold Rom, if we lost Rom and sold Barkley, how much better in the real world will we be? Okay, we strengthened in some places, but we've weakened our mm. up front, maybe, in, you know, sort of the attacking midfielders. And that's really where I feel at the moment, and it just. It needs us to get a quality striker, not just a striker. I think I think it was Phil McNulty who once of this parish said that this morning, didn't he? That the importance for Evan is not to get a striker in, it's to get a quality striker in, mm. and I think that's right. And I don't want to allude to the Chelsea game straight away, but it's quite obvious on, on, on Sunday that we badly need the centre half, don't we? I just think we do. I just don't think. I said that I said last year. A left side left centre side half. That, that yeah. I, I'd be worried if. I said last year, I'd be worried if this season both Williams and Zagioka are both in the first team. And I know sometimes sometimes the formation dictates that. But that's still the case in quite a few games. And and also as well, obviously since then, Funes Mori's become more of a long-term injury problem, hasn't he? Is what for me on Sunday showed is that we need another centre half as well. A good centre not not even a left side centre half, a good quality centre half. Mm. And um, I think if we get those two things, a good quality striker and a good quality centre-half, then I'd be happy. I know we're in a better place, but it's where we need to get at, isn't it? That, that, that's the important thing. We're better off, but are we better off that we, we're now able to challenge the top six? That's the, that's the thing. Some, Sunday would suggest we're not, but I was speaking to Michael Ball for his column, uh, and he made an interesting point. He said he believes Everton need four players, uh, ideally before the window closes a centre half still the cover for Baines a left yeah. back but that not not one player who can do both but two a left winger and the striker now sort of don't know if Borley knew something we didn't but then Vlasic quickly came on the radar and looks like that'll get over the line um, a young man who ironically is a right winger primarily but I believe he can play on either side exciting player big talent but he's 19 so I don't know where Koeman sees him fitting into his first team plans or not we'll see he has played a lot of games for split albeit you know not at a level of the top flight but Koeman seems to be saying two players Tony do you think that there's an excuse or sorry not an excuse there's a reason that he should be looking a bit more yet there is an excuse I totally agree with what Gab's saying that we, yet we do need to centre off because we just can't go in with Ashley Williams as your left side as centre back I get all that but for me, it's not a priority. I think he will get away with that till Christmas. Till it's no, it's no point spending money on a centre half that you're not sure on, or it's it's not a priority. Whereas in for me, centre forward is a must, and we we won't get away till Christmas with Calvert Lewin up front. We won't get away with it because as we've seen against Chelsea in the first half, Sandro Ramirez up front looked like a lost boy in the playground, and he chasing. It looked like when you, you know, when you're playing five or sides, six or sides with your mates and all grown adults, and one fella brings his lads to make the numbers up. That's what it looked like. The lad was lost, and I felt sorry for him. And obviously, he's getting back to fitness, etc. I get all that, but we can't go in. Where is? I think we can get away with three centre backs. I think we can get away with Holgate can play there as well. So that's that's a four. We can get away with it. Not, we, not ideal. It's not ideal, yeah. but till Christmas, a couple of months, we can get away with it. Centre forwards, we cannot get away with Calvert Lewin up front, who's doing a splendid job. One centre forwards up front till now, till Christmas. It's, which, it's asking for which trouble. Which brings you to the, the sort of part of the stage of the window where you begin to have to consider compromise. 
which is annoying in itself because, as you both said, this was not something that's happened overnight, this need for a centre-forward. Why it hasn't been sorted out beforehand, I don't know. But then you look at the list of potential compromisers, and I'm only plucking names out of the, I hope, inaccurate transfer radar of the wider media. Mm-hmm. I saw Stefano Akaka mentioned by someone at the Mirror. I have to say, I have not heard that, that Mirror writer. I don't know if it's someone who's got credible links yeah. with it. Certainly hasn't with Everton. Maybe Wofford. For me, that's worrying because there's compromise on your targets. We all would have wanted Giroud. We'd all take Costa, albeit on an imperfect mm. loan deal. But Akaka, I know he's a big, powerful lad, but just because he scored against us last season, he's not getting his game for Wofford. He scored a handful of goals at best for them last mm. season. I worry about... Is a body bringing in a body better than nothing? I, I agree to a certain extent what you're saying. Listen, there was no credit from what I I seen in that article. They weren't not incredible for me. To suggest. No, the concept of yeah, doing it, I mean. Yeah, yeah I, I get yeah, all yeah. that, right. Yeah. But when I looked at that, I was thinking, the players that we've bought this, this summer, Jordan Pickford, Wayne Rooney, David Classen, Sandra Ramirez, Gilfie Sigurdsson, they're decent players of a decent ilk. Now, we're not going to go from that to the bottom Okaka from Watford so what I'm saying is you, you wouldn't I'd dismiss that no no, I would, no it's yeah. got to be as, as Phil McNulty said it's got to be a quality centre forward it's not, gonna, not just a, a lad who's like a Slamani for Leicester who's just going to hold the ball up well and score what three or four goals that's no good for us it's got to be quality now on the flip side of it if Okaka was signed and he'd done a job for us I'd I'm guessing he did the same play, um, fans like myself were saying when we were signing just a guy. Oh, why are we signing him from Aston Villa being relegated? Didn't see much of him. Now all of a sudden he's been our best player. So, well, well. he's arguably one of our best players last season. Last season, yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. been okay this season, last couple of games he's played well. So, what I'm trying to say is that don't judge it because if Steve Walsh is a player who's going to do a job for Everton. I'm on my hands up and I'm fully behind it, but I'm not reading too much into that article at all. You've got to hear a load of centre-forwards linked with Everton over the next 36 hours. 36 no, hours no, 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 no. What I'm asking, not asking you what you read into that. I'm yeah. just asking about the concept of it could be anyone of that ilk, a Zohar from Cardiff yeah. and a Kaka. It could be a bottom half slash championship Bit of a job in centre forward. But I don't care. Who's a body? Yeah. Who's a target man? I don't, I don't care if they cost two million or. 200 million I'm not interested if they do a job for the team and score goals that's what they do to centre forward yeah. that's what I'm after so you define quality by scoring goals so I'm saying you might see him go for someone whose record at scoring goals isn't spectacular yeah so how do we define this well this is what we're not going only Steve Walsh will see that and Ronald Koeman they will suggest you know what he'll get me 10 goals this season and he'll have 5 assists and he'll link Sigurdsson up he'll link Rooney up and then they're fine I'm, I'm behind that but but we're still looking at risks here, aren't we? I mean, we've had enough time. You said before, talk about like option A, B, C, and yeah. You know, we've had enough time. You know, for Lukaku, you would say maybe even eighteen months' time or, or twelve months. I think at it's least. hard to judge them because yeah, yeah. No, we we yeah, said okay. here, sorry, Gab, yeah. we all said here at the start of the season, unless anyone pays ninety to hundred million for Lukaku, he's not going nowhere. And we all suggested that we can't see. Yeah. It's very unlikely someone's going to pay but, that but for any, him. And he didn't. Any end. business in that that scenario. Including football is still going to plan for the time. Well, just in case he does go, these are the players that we want. You do that for all. Yeah, yeah, you do that as a continuing basis for for any player in your squad. And the thing for me, and it's not necessarily down to the club, because market forces, and we all know there's other clubs chasing players, as, as you said, is that we're now 
but 36 hours away from the end of the transfer market. So I mean, looking at players, you, you wouldn't have put in your top or link with players and set aside Twitter rumours and all that. And you know, we, we, we appear to be in a market for players that actually you wouldn't have put in your top 20 wish list at the at the uh, you know in the middle of the summer. And, that, and that's the one that's the one thing for me. Granted, we might you may strike we may we may strike lucky, but we've had that much money I think available to us, especially selling Ron for 80 million or whatever, to actually buy a sort of recent certainty. Here is a striker, somebody that you know is going to come in as you do, or whatever, a Premier League level, and is going to guarantee you, you know, a certain, you know, a Premier League quality level of performance. And we, we appear to be fishing in, in the market for players actually that are just going to be gambles, both as the striker, and now we've got that in the central defensive position as well. So, what do you think, Greg? I feel that we've been naive with the situation with Giroud. I feel that Everton have been used. And our naivety in the windows allowed us to be used because I realistically don't think Giroud was ever going to come to Everton. Right from the start, the noises were from London that he wanted to remain in the capital or go and play in Champions League. And as much as Everton's new wage power and financial muscle might have made them think, well, we can convince them otherwise, yeah. I think there was a danger that they were lulled into being left hanging on while Giroud used Everton's interest to strengthen his position in Arsenal and I think ultimately that's what he did albeit he didn't get a new contract but I think he strengthened his hand and the, the reputation and value he has to Wenger's squad and if they end up having to send, sell Alexis Sanchez even more so and I think my fear is and I hope I'm proved wrong the crucial time was wasted while they were left string, stringing on with Giroud now you could say it's easy to say that because he hasn't come and I would have been thrilled if he had come I completely endorse why we'd be in for him that's not the naive aspect. Yeah. But I just wonder, behind the scenes, if the people doing the negotiation, not Steve Walsh, because he's a seasoned uh, yeah. seasoned scout. I don't know if he's a seasoned negotiator. He's a seasoned scout. But if they're on a learning curve, which we saw last summer, this summer we've seen, as Tony rightly said, an imp- vastly improved transfer window. And I'm not for a second knocking yeah. the positivity of this summer. It's been... It's been a white to the black for last year, summer. It, yeah. Brilliant. But in terms of this one very important position, I fear that this fixation with Giroud behind the scenes let the grass go under their feet. Well, can I ask, when we talk about priority, we all know did the centre forward a priority. But was it when you're looking at, if you're looking at the start of this summer's window, Koeman looked at his team and obviously he needed a goalkeeper. That was, his, in my opinion, that was his main priority to get a centre forward in. Now he was he was coming on record last towards the end of last season saying the productivity in the final third, which he's probably thinking we're not going to get away with that. So that's why he signed Rooney and Sigurdsson. Yeah, fine. And then your your choice, Gav, at the start of the season, your number one priority was Michael Keane. Yeah, yeah. That came about yourself, Greg. Yours was David Classen. So not one of us and Phil mentioned Gilfie Sigurdsson. So also the four of us at the start of the summer. Not one of us mentions a centre forward. But we, yeah, true. No, I'm, yeah, not, I'm just shouting, I'm just coming from Ronald Koeman and Steve Walsh's perspective that they've got, we've got there this summer thinking, listen, let's sort the goalkeeper out, sort well, the centre out. Exit wasn't clear then. Excuse me, talking. Yeah, about yeah, that. I, I, I agree. I agree with that. But as you just said, if if we know we if we all knew that he was going to be sold. Then why didn't anybody say? Well, I'll tell you what. Well, I, I'm surely to God, Lukaku's well, going. Well, I'll go and get him. Yeah, I think we. Funny, he said yeah. when centre forward's a hugely, hugely difficult position. Yeah. To improve on, especially when you've sold Romelu Lukaku. Now, look at yeah, those three years. Who would you go for now, realistically, if you were in Everton's shoes? 
as a centre forward. Yeah. We're not scouts. I, I know we're not, but we're just. I, I think. I think to be fair, that pod and uh, you know, play when get in. We, we're operating on the basis of like, as the squad stands at the moment, where would you, which players would you bring in? I think we said, assuming that players stay as these. They are. I mean, if Barkley went, that changes it as against. I don't think it does. Well, you don't know, but you know, um, I think in terms of centre forwards, I mean, we said before, what type of centre forwards you want? I mean, mm. let, I know Lorente all of a sudden has become he's like you know. I believe I believe there was an inquiry over yeah. Lorente, but it looks as if he's gone. As Tony said, it looks as if his heart set on Chelsea. And I can't see Swansea selling another uh, player for, to Everton, perhaps. You know, but uh, you know. The, we're sort of getting into that sort of panic mode down at the moment because I think would you, I'm really disappointed would you try and factor Batshuayi into a deal with for Barkley with Chelsea well that was that was that story broken this morning that apparently there was a the, the Lukaku sale to Chelsea was Everton allegedly wanted Batshuayi if they sold him as part of the uh, as part of the deal but I don't think that's going is that, is that really going to happen at this stage you have to say as well whether or not Batshuayi would be the answer. Yeah, because he's he's still unproven in the, in the Premier League, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's obviously got a lot of potential, hasn't he? But, yeah. but well, can, well, can we risk a centre forward coming in like that who's not proven in the Premier League? How was how Carford? Premier League mm. proven is he quality yeah. you know yeah. the OK shows flashes mostly against us last season. To be fair, dare I say it? If a certain Divock Origi went in Liverpool, and you going to say that, you know, would he be a target for Everton? Everton were originally interested in the Martinez. Dare I yeah. say, yeah. they were interested in him before he went to Liverpool, and it was seen at the time as a bit of a, a blow that they missed out, especially to the Reds. But yeah, if he was playing for Arsenal, would you be interested? It's a, it's a really interesting one, you know. Ah, oh, I think maybe they could do a lot worse. Or. At deadline day, yeah. Or Daniel Sturridge, if he two, came available, would you take him? Just throwing a bomb in here. Yeah. <laughs> would you take Sturridge, Gav? Yeah, two um, Brilliant finish, yeah, but surely you just two not. injury prone. Adiki's a different kettle of fish, isn't he? Really, very different. In that, Mad. I think that, as you say, if he was playing, if he was playing up front for Arsenal now or something, he wasn't getting a game. Point. Of course he would. Yeah. Of course he would. Um, it's, it's it's crazy how you think like that. It's just because he can't get a game for Liverpool. That, no, we're not having him. No, they I don't play I'll, with us. Yeah, I mean, they don't play to a, a traditional centre forward. Yeah. Some, some of our best players in our championship winning teams came from Liverpool. So, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you can't, you can't. Well, Johnny Morrissey, yeah. Waggy started Liverpool, didn't mm-hmm. he? So, I mean, you can't let that blind you. And in the past, we show when we have bought players who've been outstanding for us from across the park. And just, it's whether they want to sell, and whether they want to sell, sell to everyone will be an interesting. Yeah. Part of the deal, but if he said X amount for Origi, I'd say yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Well, go on, you answer your own question. Very tantalising question as it is. Yeah. No, I don't think he's good enough. Seriously, I, I you don't just think... hung us out to try. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not just saying. I just no, think no, no, no. there's been a lot of suggestions on on social media, hasn't he? I don't think he holds the ball up well enough. What about no, I don't think he holds the ball up well enough. Oh, I think when Liverpool throw the ball to him, it just gets taken off him. Oh, he's a good little finisher, yeah. but I don't think he holds the ball up well enough, and that's what Everton needs a Ben Techie or Jimmy yeah. type. Our previous striker also did the same, right? To be honest, but he could bang 25. I don't think Origi's got the time. And he's not nosy, but. Okay, of all the we've mentioned strikers there, haven't we? You know, we're not we're not looking at we're not really saying someone who's available who's better, who provides a better option really. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the ideal option, but in terms of getting a striker in, 
that sort of proven Premier League expert, like experience, which he has yeah. played for a couple of years now, is it yeah, something yeah. like that? Um, but I think maybe it's a bit bit of a testimony where it's gone a little bit wrong. The fact that we are looking across the park, you know, yeah, to, yeah, to a degree. Yeah. Um, and I'm not blaming Everton this because it's just it is so difficult, isn't it? In this, this market where people have got money to buy players, so I'm not criticising Everton as such here. And it, it's over decision making it's the timing of it really yeah. for me that's no, the problem definitely. well everybody in the last week of the, you know, it's like the Christmas sales isn't it you've yeah, got yeah. loads of TV money whatever to spend <laughs> you know and, and whatever and income that they've had from transfers themselves we're, we're trying to buy players just on the flip side of this as we're all trying to negotiate trying to get a striker for Everton on the earlier business that we've done this summer I think we all alluded to at the start of the podcast if Jordan Pickford Michael Keane Wayne Rooney then players were back on the market going towards these last 36 hours. There'd be a different price range around there. Of course, the I said last week, Pickford's already a £50 million goalkeeper, isn't he? Yeah. Say to Michael Keane. Yeah, Michael Mike Keane Mars. the same, yeah, because if you're buying in June, it's completely different markets if you're buying in August. Really? Plus, the, the clubs wanted to sell as well, that, and needed to sell, like, you know, that, that changes the place. You look at Sigurdsson, now, I'm yeah. not being funny, Liverpool are about to pay 35, nearly £40 million for Oxley Chamberlain. A lad who's never scored more than two goals in a season. Yeah, that's alarming considering what we pay for Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah, well, what he provides a season: assists, goals, goals against big teams. Now we pay what forty-two and a bit, and eyebrows are raised at that. Now when you look at the Oxley team and going for forty million, who can't score more than two goals in a season? I think that says a lot of the business that Everton have done and how cute they were. The start yeah, from I commend you for not calling the Ox by. Yeah, the yeah, I've just had to call him the Ox there, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Oxley Chamberlain, uh, but the, the couple of things there. He's about five years younger than Sigerson, is he? Yeah. So yeah. and he's English. So the, for those two things, always a bit of a premium, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, but it just shows you that in that context, of forty million for a player on but one year left on his contract is a lot of money, isn't oh, it? Yeah, which, which shows you that the Barkley thing, doesn't it? Really. That's why we're the, within the, our rights so yeah. for Chelsea 40 million. I, I always I said that a few weeks ago tonight that if you look at the Ox's value, sorry hey. about that, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, the Ox we'll the midfielder's <laughs> yeah, value. We'll let you know. <laughs> it was getting close to 25, it was getting close to 25 million, yeah, wasn't yeah, it, like yeah, three yeah. weeks ago when yeah. we wanted 40 forever of Barkley and I said the Oxley James value of 25 is probably more realistic. So therefore, I've now got to say if Oxley James were 40, ergo Ross's as well. Yeah, uh, of course. To be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, except, except, you know, there's a suggestion that Ross is, is injury is worse than than we first thought. He could be out for a good few months. Yeah, in in a simple, we're talking about the market here, not yeah, just well, you know like the value yeah, you of players, the player like you know what I mean. Five year yeah. contract, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the yes no game, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Chamberlain is injury records isn't the best himself, is he? So when you look at it, we're talking sure about a player that we're not going to buy. But so are we resigned? If you get a striker, then don't get a centre half in. I'll be happy. I'll be happy with the centre forwards. Greg, um, uh, yeah, I sort of see where Tony's coming from. I've got, I've got to agree on that. Ideally, we we get both, and if if we have to have one or the other, then it's a centre forward. I think if you've looked at our performances at City, in patches, and definitely at Chelsea, it was been crying out that we need a centre forward, someone to hold the ball up, someone to really occupy their two centre backs. Experienced target man, and look in a perfect world, you would have got Jekyll, uh maybe if you didn't get your route. But he's in at Roma, Champions League football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 
I am hoping beyond hope that a name comes right out of the blue, a Steve Walsh special, someone who's got the pedigree, someone who can come in and do a job. I'm really hoping it's a name we haven't been linked with so far. I, me personally, sorry, I'd, I'd throw everything at Ben Techie. I'd, I'd just, I'd just chance our arm. I can, I can understand that. I'd say, listen, you, you, you just scrambling around trying to get Slummy to go and buy Sacco. I say, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you what, what, what do you want for Christian Benteki? He's proven goal scorer in the Premier League, big games, holds the ball up, wins more heads than he won. Aerial duels, it's the, the lot. Now, if you've got balls getting whipped into the box from Sigurdsson and Rooney and Baines. I think he would suit us down to the ground and I'd go and chance our arm and say, what do you want, 40 million? Well, what would you do? Million. What would you say if Palace and Steve Parrish is known to be a bit of a hard negotiator, mm. a bit of a divvy, but apparently at times in the way he's, <laughs> he acts with the... If they turn around and said, yeah, you can have him 60 million. So what? Not, yeah, I'm not interested in, in, in fees, Greg. I look at it and yeah. we got Wayne Rooney for less than what buttons? Now, what you're losing with Sandro Romanez, now he hasn't got off to the best of starts. But if we were to sell him, we're selling him for 20 million, 30 million already. So, and what you're losing on one player, as in the valuation, you're gaining in another, as we just said, Jordan Pickford, yeah. 25 million, bargain. Yeah. So, I just think, listen, 50 million, 60 million, so what? It's not my money. Not interested, he does a job. I think it's becoming a catchphrase, the podcast, and it's not my money. It's yes. not. Well, yeah. I don't, why, why are fans interested in. Transfer fees. That's a separate question. That is. When Manchester City won the league yeah. and Aguero scored in the last minute, yeah. sent their bodies into yeah, yeah. planets, wherever. Do you think they said, "Oh, under the balance sheet is tomorrow morning"? No, no. They're but, not interested. Yeah, yeah. But we're not. We're not in a position that we can win the league. Oh, we? we're, we're not Manchester. But, but you're not interested but, in. Yeah, that's a separate podcast in itself. What I say about Ben Sacky, given Palace's start of the season, I don't think they're going to be selling anybody. Are they really? Like, if you're Frank to board and you lost your first three games, you're not going to be selling uh, Ben Sacky. Are like, But he, he would have been ideal. Maybe at some point in the summer, it could yeah. happen, couldn't it? Um, I'd say, okay, if you buy a centre half. That's a Freudian slip there. If you buy a centre forward and no centre half, you then got a defence this season up until Christmas. So there's no guarantee you can centre it in January. With Jags age 35, Ashley Williams age 33 these days, can't remember. Leighton is 33 in December. Uh, Okay, granted you've got Keane in, uh, but Seamus is still injured as well. So as we've seen on, on Sunday, it's a massive risk if you think you can. You can just sort of like get through till Christmas. Bear in mind their their age and form, and you know, and because their age, you know, guaranteed that they stay injury free. And I, I think that's a major risk. And there is an there is an argument you could put forward to say that you know, is you don't win games unless you don't concede. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's an argument to say that actually, if you go, if you if you really wanted to push forward, is you could get away with just. Playing Ramirez and Calvert Lewin and, and that up front between now and Christmas, but actually, you, you want to strengthen your defence because as we showed on on Sunday, and we got away with a little bit of City that we we, we we did okay. Is against the better teams and they're the ones that we're competing against defensively. We look really really vulnerable because of the age I, I of the defence. I, I thought the defence this season's been really good, and your name selected names there on the defence. You mentioned Holgate. You mentioned John Joe Kenny can play there. You didn't mention Kuka Martina. There's oh. young legs in there. Oh, oh as no, well. they're, they're all right. Evans' defence so far this season has kept five clean sheets out of centre backs. I'm sure centre backs and left back against Manchester City. We nullified them to what a pot shot from Raheem Sterling. Yeah, but, 
I'm just not many teams that go to Manchester City and put up a defensive display like that all season. I thought he'd done really, really well. And second half, I thought he'd done well against Chelsea as well. Against against some maybe maybe vulnerable like against Chelsea on on Sunday and again against Liverpool and probably this season against Man United and probably Spurs is 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 teams that are run at yeah from deep with, with pace. And that's where that's where we struggled on 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 Sunday. That's where we struggled last year against Liverpool at Anfield, well, against Spurs at White Hart Lane. You, but City's always slightly different because they try to unpick your defence, don't they, and get out wide. Mm. Where, where so you can afford to like just basically have all bodies in your box against the likes of Chelsea stuff. That doesn't well, most work. teams struggle no. against them teams. No, but we, we, most teams, but not us. We want to be a top six team, so it's not enough for us to say, oh, everybody else struggles against Chelsea. We're just going to oh, oh, Manchester City then. That was a fantastic defensive display. Yeah, because City plays a slightly different game. That's more suited to our our defense, our the age of our defense and our experience in defense, where we can just basically get bodies in the box and head out crosses and you know and um, you know block the midfielders dead to the box. Where against Spurs and Chelsea, Chelsea just. Using the pace from midfield, it just we well, we'll sense of yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we saw them last year. We got the same thing happened to us, didn't it? You know, we just got overrun in that middle. Um, you, you know, it was three so two. Oh yeah, some some, some defensive about raise questions then about defensive midfielders then, but um, I, I just think that saying we're not having a mid a central defender being one light between now and Christmas is a massive. Massive risk, and I think that could undermine our, our season. Given that we've got, as I say, 33-35 in a sense of defence at the moment, and Leighton, given Michael Ball's point, which I think is perfectly valid, that you're playing a 33-year-old fullback. I don't Michael want to chase it at that stage. He <laughs> probably still play, you know. Um, and I, I think it's a massive risk, and if we, it, it has, as I say, a real big, um, real big issue for me that it could undermine our season. I, I don't think it's a massive risk on what you're making out, yeah. I just think the centre forwards, we've got Calvert Lewin. Whereas we've got four centre backs at Everton. Four. We've just named them there Keane, Jagielka, Williams, Holgate. Four centre backs. Holgate's not a Premier League centre back. That's his position, centre back. Yeah, you've got John Joe Kenny, Kuka Martina. Yeah. Coleman when he comes fit and then Baines yeah I agree with you on the Leighton Baines situation but if you've got four centre we've got one centre forward so if you're looking at priorities centre back centre forward it's a no brainer for I'm me not say, I'm not saying that don't sign a striker I said, I'm yeah, putting forward uh, an argument to say that if you were going to fill one of those roles there's actually there is an argument to say that actually filling a, getting a, a quality centre defender in is more important than getting a getting a striker in because your defence is where it starts what winning football games but ultimately, what I'm saying is, there we need both. What would you, if you had the choice right now to sign one position, centre forward or centre back? Briefly, where would you want you to pick? I'd still buy a striker, but I think you, I'd still think that you're running a massive risk of saying you can get away with no sense of defender. Right. I, I could see the, I could see the argument to say you want a centre of defence striker, but I hear what Gav's saying, and I sort of, to be honest, I have to say that I know where you're coming from. It's more doable, albeit it's fraught with risk. That you're not going to be as strong defensively as you need to be to to have genuine aspirations of finishing above where you finished last season. However, if you're offering me that far from ideal uh, proposition, one or the other, I'll go centre forward. 
Right, we've got a list of questions we posed to Everton supporters on our social media page. We're just going to th- quickly throw them at you. Obviously, transfer deadline looming, a lot of questions surrounding of the obvious position. So I'll just briefly go through them all and we can ask, answer as many as we can. Paul Daly, 90, asks, Do you anticipate Everton making a move for Christian Benteke? And what on earth is Steve Walsh playing at with Kenneth Zahor? So Benteke, I know that they've made an inquiry about three weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if it's progressed since then. I'd like to see, as we've all said, I'd like to see his signing really pushed. However, there might be a reason why it's just a non-starter and it might well be that Palace don't want to sell. If it was because Palace were asking for too much, I would be seriously like questioning Everton for that because, as you said, yeah. what's too much? You know, As I said to you, sort of like plucking a figure out of thin air, £60 million. I'd say pay it because he's got the proven qualities that, that Kuma wants. Yeah. Gav, just briefly, we've got one from Sam Reaney, 1878. Why we've undone all our good early work by not resolving the obvious issues? Do you tend to agree with him there? Yeah, we've still got one sleep left till the uh, transfer deadline day finishes. But I think it will be a bit of a, I always say damn squid, but damn squid <laughs> at the end if we don't fill those two vital positions and there's still an opportunity I think to fill a couple of other so it would undermine but not not completely no no we're in a better place but where we need to the place we need to be to challenge the top six needs to be higher than where we are at the moment and that showed on Sunday just briefly all of these probably on the same topic did the club put everything into the deal with Giroud and now have to back themselves into a corner when he said no can we risk not selling Ross, his price dropping after the window shut? That's from Tony Navarro. Um, obviously, Vic- Victoria Carlin says, Zahori fits the, the Cumin bill perfectly, according to Johnny, quick and huge, and will be a really good signing, in his opinion, in the Premier League. Warnock said they want £30 million for him. I think that's probably Warnock not being tongue-in-cheek, but being serious with the money getting thrown around. Zahori's record last season in the Championship, I think he got five or six goals. It depends. It would it would be a big risk, but it would depend how, how strongly um, Steve Walsh felt about it. As I would assume, it's Steve Walsh who'd done the legwork scouting him, and it's all intents and purposes. I'm hearing it's not going to happen. Just very briefly, this is one from Neil Kinsella. If no striker is signed, which is looking unlikely, is seventh the best we can hope for again? Top five miles ahead of even Arsenal. My opinion: no striker comes. You you know, I don't want to be alarmist, but. Seventh would be great. <laughs> yes, yeah, considering we've got the challenge of the Europa League as well yeah. within that, so it's different to last season. Yeah, I agree with what Greg's saying there is that this was, if you look at Cummins, if you assume Cummins got three years, this is the big summer for us, isn't it? Yeah. This, you know, we, we, built, we got the stability last year behind the scenes, you know, we got sevens, um, you know, some players coming through. Uh, massive opportunity missed for us, especially if other teams are struggling this year because of different challenges uh, missed. If if we don't bring, you know, at least two players in of quality. Elton Wells asked, thought he says, I thought we had Giroud, but that's now unlikely. Got a funny feeling we'll we'll be satisfied with who we get. Have Everton got an ace up their sleeve like Elton's making out to be? Gav's just hit nail on the head. Key summer, big moment. Everton, I might have, I might have sort of theorised they've been naive with Giroud before generally I don't think they're naive whatsoever in, in, in the market we've seen they've got good value for very good young players let's back them let's say they go and get the big player Cumin needs and at this pivotal point in his shortest reign as it stands 
they do the business and we can really challenge for the top six or five. David O'Reilly briefly asked, should Everton ask for Batshuayi and money for Ross Barkley? We spoke about that one, haven't we? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was so tough on. Really. Yeah, uh, I, could, I could see the logic behind it, but Batshuayi is still not Premier League class, and whether Ross in the current position is going to be sold as, as another interesting, interesting aspect. Just uh, another one, Mark, Mark Green's asking why have we left it this late for a striker, which I wish we'd spoken about before we've covered it all, haven't yeah, we? Listen, yeah. In my opinion, there was other priorities. I, I listen, I know we need to centre forward, but the goalkeeper situation, the productivity in the final third with Sigurdsson and Rooney, Michael Keane was another one. I think at the start of the season, them areas were more key than the centre forward position. Uh, yeah, no, you, you're right, but what, all I would question is I don't think clubs should move about strengthening and recruitment in a binary way. We do that, and then when that's done, we do that, and that's really accumulating time into a finite period of a window. I would hope a club as ambitious as Everton would be doing things at the same time. So, yeah, you get your priority, but also knowing the centre forward is going to be a priority, you're trying to work on that at another level. If Everton's is Everton's boardroom currently got the right makeup that people can negotiate at different times? Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, Bill yeah. Kenwright's a good negotiator, but if he's absorbed and get bringing in Jordan Pickford or Michael Keane, he needs help. Why can't they at the same time have help someone else who's leading the market trying to get a yeah. deal for a Ben Yeah, yeah. If you're going to move, like I say, from one to the other to the other, you do risk running out of time. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's easy, it's easy to criticise the club and and, and Greg's right uh, right in saying that, but I'd also say the market is the market is so frenetic at the moment because there's that much money. It's that a I think market. I think we're not the only club in this position. No. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've only seen some, you know, the lead champions for the start. That's uh, no phrasing the lead champions. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who they're uh, Johnny Drinkwater yeah. and Lawrence. So, so we're not we're not the only club mm, yeah. who's uh, struggling the transfer markets. All the, uh, all the top clubs and include us in as a top club. Right. I do so as well. Last one, finally, probably appropriate that we we should um, finally on onto the question on this one. If no striker comes in, how do you guys rate our transfer window as a whole? So out of ten, I will go. If no striker comes in, seven out of ten. If a striker comes in, nine out of ten. Greg. No striker comes in. So to be awkward, are we saying no striker or defender comes in? No striker was the question. Just to yeah. ignore the defender. Yeah. No striker comes in out of ten. I really want to say seven as well because the myriad positives. But I just can't say that a good window where you leave yourself with a twenty-year-old Dominic Calvert-Lewin and a lad who's adjusting to the Premier League in a 21-year-old Ramirez would be a seven. I just can't see that. So mm. for me, it would be a six, a reluctant six, and then if he comes in, definitely a nine. Gav? If he's Premier League Broom. quality. Broom. <laughs> uh, and I've got Grimmy from this as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with the, I'm with the six on that, on that basis, and I would say um, eight if we bring a Premier League striker Hard man to please. Yeah. Because we would have left the defence, the centre, oh, uh, assuming okay. the centre half positions not filled. If you bring it centre half quality, Premier League quality centre half in, tell us the end of the podcast, get me away from the club. I would say it was a man. So, obviously, at the start of this summer's transfer window, we were all given one chance we'd love to make. All four have come to fruition. Yeah. Right, on the final day, we last to get one more, one more, we last on the final day. Realistically, we've got to choose one. Ben Techie for me. 
took the words out of me, Mark Gregor. I know, I've got you to repeat this. <laughs> no, well, it's no shame in saying the same one, is there? Yeah, Christian Bentech, he, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's the one I'd go for. And well, I'll tell you on. what then, all right, you, you said, I'll say Jekyll. All right, it's Gav, come on. Oh, yeah, oh, great, that's <laughs> great, isn't it for me? There's no Vardy, Costa. Yeah, Vardy, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Costa, even though I loaned him with Messi, because I think... In the in in the short term, I think we need something in the short term here. We haven't spoken much about yeah, Costa. Costa I'd say, I'd say he'd definitely be a great uh, leader of the line. Yeah, right, brilliant. Thanks for listening. Let's hope that a lot of this academic by tomorrow at midnight, and we've got what we need. Really appreciate you tuning in every week. All your support. The questions on Twitter, brilliant. Thanks for getting involved. If you can leave a review on iTunes, where, by the way, if you enjoy it, please go and subscribe. If you could leave a review, brilliant. Thanks ever so much for the one you've already left. This is in association with Sport Pacer and Beer52, who are offering you free beer. You might need it by tomorrow at midnight. You just have to enter Royal Blue Block Capitals in the checkout at beer52.com and you'll get the free beer. Thanks very much for listening.